Welcome to the Happiness Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Kara Payton, and this is your resource for becoming the happiest person you know. This show dives deep into the heart of life's biggest matters. You can expect to hear from the names you know, sharing a raw look into their souls from their realest moments with God to their biggest heartbreaks in love and greatest lessons in life. If you're new here, subscribe or follow and share with a friend. You never know what message they truly needed to hear. And if you've been around for a while, welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get to the show. Well, without further ado, Dave Meltzer. Oh my gosh. It is such a pleasure. Like I said, just before we, before we started going here that I'm so excited for this conversation. I have been following your work, loved your book, everything specifically in it. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. Thanks for being here and accepting my invitation. It is my pleasure. And you're definitely at my frequency from your title to your name, to the content that you provide. We are so aligned. I always say my frequency is my neighborhood and you must be my next door neighbor. Although I just found out that you're the best, uh, Nick, who's my right hand. Uh, he's always called me the best. So now I know who the best really is. And it's <laughs> wonderful to share my time with the best. Absolutely. So, you know, with this episode in my podcast, my listeners are a little bit of the same, that same caliber. They don't want to just talk about things in a broad brushstroke sense, in a vague sense, in a surface level sense. Everybody wants to go deep. And your book does not mess around with that. It's the book, if you guys haven't gotten it, you absolutely have to. It's called Connected to Goodness. And it's just it's not your average fluffy self-help motivational happiness book. It's it goes a little bit more into the very specific roots of certain things and without I don't want to broad brush stroke the entire surface of the whole book. I di- I want to dive in specifically to principle 6 because it was just I felt that it touched on a lot of things that so many other books did not when it comes to momentum and paradigm shifts and asking the universe for this manifestation, this whole book, it says manifest everything you desire in business and life, but you don't mess around with just mindsets and mantras. You go into some very real things. And even in your journey, you make no bones about it right off the bat. You talk about how you were at this pivotal peak and then bankruptcy. And I just love that you were so transparent in that. And that's, you know, you've kind of cornered a lot of people in that sense that you're real and authentic. And that is what drew drew me to you in the first place. So I want to thank you for the authenticity and being raw and real in the space that is so used to glamorized visions of success and sparkly images of what it looks like without getting down to sometimes we, we hit rock bottom and then we realize rock bottom has a basement. <laughs> Yeah, one of my favorites. (laughs) So I want to walk through, specifically through the thoughts, habits, decisions, identity, things that had to be changed, because I cannot imagine facing something as devastating as bankruptcy, the ultimate defeat in our society, in our mindset, in our survival, in our amygdala, in our brain, that had to be huge. How, what are some of the first things and steps that you noticed in your mind that had to come clean or had to change? Yeah. The first is values. Um, I had gained extraordinary success when, you know, I went bankrupt. Some people even say to me, well, you know, I lost everything, but not nearly as much as you, Dave. And I always say zero, zero, you know, you have $10 and you lose it and that's all you have. I will tell you, it hurts the exact same 
to have something and have to acknowledge it by not having it anymore. And so I look back uh, with the advice of my wife to take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. And that was a hard thing to do. I get choked up today, 17 years after that conversation, because my life is so blessed. Thanks to my wife challenging me to take stock in my values. And those values for me, they don't have to be for you, are extremely essential. Number one was gratitude, simple gratitude. The ability, I had been born into a system of finding the light, the love, and the lessons in a really shitty circumstance. Single mom, six kids, work two jobs, anytime, anything financially got challenging, it was a tragedy and tears. And yet, I was born into the happiness gene of finding the light, the love, and the lessons in everything, which got me to be where I wanted to be, this dream life, this glamorized stuck that everybody else was dreaming about having as well. And then it was forgiveness. I had lost that value of, see, gratitude had always given me the right perspective to be passionate, purposeful, and profitable, but forgiveness had left me at ease. I wasn't someone who lived in this, you know, opinion, judgment, uh, competition of, you know, separation, which I see so many people creating dis-ease and they could be at ease with forgiveness and forgiving myself. I was a defensive back in college. You need to be able to forgive yourself, especially if you're not very good like I was. I was constantly forgiving myself for getting burnt and toasted and people scoring touchdowns on me. I wasn't hard on myself or others. Third, accountability. And this has evolved over the last 17 years. At first, accountability was what that which my mom taught me. You're responsible for everything, everyone, every circumstance in your life. You have to figure out what you did and learn from it. Then it expanded into that book, which was, you are not only responsible, son, but you have attracted it to yourself. And mm -hmm. what have you learned from it? And then today, it's expanded even further as I've done so much work and I study every day in this world of physics, quantum physics and metaphysics. It's what not only am I responsible for, what do I attract to myself, but how am I participating in the perception of what it is and what am I supposed to learn from it? And between gratitude, forgiveness and accountability, I then had the fourth value of effective communication, which when I wrote that book was the evolution of the paradigm shift of my life of not only did I need to clear the interference between me and every person, place, and thing in my life, that ego interference, F-E-A-R, but I was able now to effectively communicate with source, a foundational value and principle that there's something bigger than me an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, however you define it in religion, philosophy, theory, spirituality, this source that 99.9% .9 of the people believe in that loves me more than my mom. So therefore, no more punishment in my life. No more trying to get more. I was going to live in a more than enough world where I can identify what I not only was doing to interfere with the people, places, and things in the pragmatic man-made construct that I was living in, but most importantly, I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. I am omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing. What am I doing to interfere with that? 
And when I took stock in these values of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication 17 years ago and wrote that book 10 years ago and have evolved over those 10 years to move from a world of not enough where I was a victim, which I describe in the book, everything happening to me, to a world of just enough buying things to be happy, buying more things to be happy, buying different things to be happy, buying things I don't need to impress people I don't like to be happy, to a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, an omniscient, all-powerful, infinite world of abundance, a system unified with thought where people can live in that abundance of making a lot of money, helping a lot of people, and having a lot of fun being happy. Absolutely. And you have a beautiful quote in this book. I believe it says your paradigm is so intrinsic to your mental process that you are hardly aware of it until you try to communicate with someone with a different paradigm. And I love that. And almost what shifted for me when I read that quote in that specific chapter was that it almost sounds as if what what applied to me was this old, old self and new self. There's a that paradigm shift between the two was so vast of the person I was trying to become and the person who I was, the self-talk and the, the mental processes that both of these structures of both identities inside of me had were, could not have been the, the caveat, the gap between them could not have been larger. And I have to assume that that was applicable in that shifting. When you talk about gratitude, the first thing that anybody going through any kind of financial crisis, especially anybody considering or, or facing bankruptcy is like, Dave, how am I supposed to be grateful? I'm literally at the end of my rope. My financial hands are tied. I could not be suffering or surviving less than I am right now. I, I, so my, my question with that is that paradigm shift. you mentioned gratitude first. How did you go from a place of bankruptcy and I mean, cause you had reached success and still managed to find in bankruptcy, this, this well, financial success, we'll say, how did you grapple onto the concept of gratitude in such a pitfall of life? Probably the most valuable lesson of why I can look back on my bankruptcy as a defining moment and give it the meaning in a trajectory mm. where I think I want to be or better. And so for me, it was understanding one, the invisible assumptions that I made, the ones that are intrinsic in the paradigm comparison, but even two, to understand that all I am is a bag of beliefs. And as a bag of beliefs, I can, uh, empower two ways one upwards into my feelings so my my bag of beliefs me i control the way i feel my heart set and so to understand that if there weren't beliefs if there weren't the meaning of the defining moments successes failures mistakes void shortages obstacles of my past if they were not aligned with the way i wanted to feel then I could change the meaning of anything I see. Studying mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer every single day. Change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I would look and give the meaning to something that chokes me up today. Not because of the money. Because of how disappointed I was in what I became. A liar, a cheater, a manipulator, an mm -hmm. overseller, and a back-end seller. Someone who was willing to give up the greatest 
partner I've ever imagined from the time I was in the fourth grade to three beautiful children and a wife who was pregnant with my fourth, willing to give it all up because of the meaning I was giving to what I thought I wanted to be or better. Instead, this bag of beliefs changed the way I felt about what would have been devastating to myself years before. Then taking those beliefs as well and downward empowering myself because the bag of beliefs not only gives meaning to everything I see and gives me the control of my feelings, but it also gives me control of my mindset. See, remember, we only have three things that we control, no matter what is happening outside of us, bankruptcy, death, whatever is happening outside of us, we control not only our heart set, our feelings, but we control our mindset. And so then I worked through this bag of beliefs and said, not only must I align the meaning of the defining moments, setbacks, failures, mistakes, successes in my past with where I think I want to be, but I got to think where I want to be or better with this foundational principle of gratitude. And then finally, understanding the third thing I had control of through this exterior horrible situation, I have control of what I do and say. And those beliefs control what I do and say and what I think and my feelings. And so now I had to align my beliefs, my invisible assumptions, my paradigm with what I wanted to do and say every day in the trajectory of where I think I want to be or better aligned with the meaning of my feelings and my thoughts. So understanding one, the invisible assumptions and paradigms of my bag of beliefs, and then realizing that no matter what happens outside of me, I am protected and promoted not punished by an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom. So all I need to do is get control of my feelings, my thoughts, and my actions. And when I did that every day and paid close attention and awareness to when I was interfering with my best self, which when I started was days, weeks, months, and years of interference, which over 17 years of practice has evolved into minutes and moments of interference. I am a master of identifying fear of the past and fear of the future, and then stopping getting to center or neutral and rolling into what I want, who I can help, who can help me and how best to get it done and reprioritizing in the trajectory of where I think I want to be and changing the meaning of my past to align with my best promotion and protection, no punishment. Minutes and moments. That's what makes me productive, accessible, and gracious today and has allowed me to make more money than I've ever made, help more people than I've ever helped, and be happier than I've ever been. Hey, all I hope you're enjoying the episode. We're going to keep diving after this quick break. I hope you are loving this episode. We have more gold to drop on you, but first I want to give you a gift. If you find yourself endlessly trying to think your way through the same old beliefs or generally feel stuck in all the mindset stuff, there is a better way to level up and tap into a whole new you. Wake up with energy, clarity, and tap into the most authentic version of yourself to create a life you love with this daily practice. Head over to carapayton.com slash daily to get your gift. That's incredible. I, I, I feel like listeners are going to have to listen to this at like half speed because there's just so much gold to talk about. And that is a perfect kind of segue into when you were talking about moving into this new space with all of this momentum and all of this, everything you talk very 
in principle six, you talk about maximizing momentum, but then in the beginning, you talk about comfort zone. And it sounds like you had to let it do a lot in the, there's the, you said the comfort zone, the learning zone and the anxiety zone. And I didn't get to the anxiety zone yet, but it's that like anxiety zone. It sounds like when you're taking, well, I'll, I'll, I won't put words in your mouth. What is the anxiety zone? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people live in, in a comfort zone and unfortunately, if all you do is live in a comfort zone, it, it shrinks. And that's why today we have so many people that are anxious and depressed because they don't explore out into the learning zone. There's so many comforts in the world. Technology has provided an, um, this is the most comfortable time ever to live, even if you're completely broke. Like go ahead, even 50 years ago, compare a poor person below the poverty line to some of the most wealthy person. Look at the food they eat, the luxuries they have, the entertainment, the freedoms. It's incredible how comforting it is. Unfortunately, if you don't explore to the learning zone, if you don't try to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, the everything constricts. And pretty soon you can't get out of bed and you're crying, depressed, anxious, and suicidal. That's what's happening. So number one, you have to understand the learning zone. Then there's the Gary V's, Dave Meltzer's, Ed Milet's, Tom Billy's of the world, where we have to also be aware of, hey, get off your ass, right? Get off your ass and get into the learning zone. Enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, but be aware of fear. You have to realize when you reach the anxiety zone that's not created from the comfort zone of not trying to improve, but by trying to take on too much. And so mm. what happens is, and this is what I call the process of dro uh, stop dropping and rolling is I'm in the practice and I teach others this practice to identify what you're afraid of. You see, there's only two fears. I mentioned it quickly. There's only fear of the past, which is usually a prescribed consciousness of resentment and guilt. And then there's fear of the future, which has a usual prescribed consciousness of anxiety and, and fear, worry, wasted emotions. Mm -hmm. What I train people to do is first get in the practice of just identifying when you're afraid. And then instead of trying to resist it, go over and under it, through it, around it, lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, deny it. Simply stop, breathe through your nose and out through your mouth. Remember, remind, and recollect with that source, that omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. Remind, remember, and recollect what you do want in the trajectory of where you want to be or better. And remind and remember, recollect the meaning you're supposed to give to those mistakes, failures, and setbacks, challenges, aligned again with where you want to be or better. Mm. And then roll in that direction where you want to be or better by knowing what you want, who you can help, who can help you, how best to get, a, get it done and prioritize your now and your next accordingly. Remember this, when you reach that anxiety zone, your mind, your body, and your soul are on fire. You feel it. If anyone's had a need to be offended or separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, anybody's ever felt that way, worried? Remember, when you're worried, your mind, body, and soul are on fire and you're wishing for what you don't want. So remember when you're on fire, this is what my mom taught me, stop, breathe, drop down to center, 
and then roll. Stop, drop, and roll into a trajectory of where you think you want to be or better. And I promise you, you will continue to live in that learning zone and expand, aggregate, exponentially receive outcomes you never imagined, and even accelerate those outcomes to a point where you can be aware of them. Wow. That is... And that's perfect because the last thing I was going to want to touch on is maximizing momentum because there was also a beautiful quote that's in there. Um, it says, success requires first expending 10 units of effort to produce one unit of results. And then your momentum will produce 10 units of results with each unit of effort. I just, I thought that that was so great. And, but it also led me to the question for a lot of people that are still in that, what would you say to someone's in that first leg of effort with no momentum? Because that is when things get really, really, they get hard. You also had another quote uh, by Peg Wood. It says, um, "Ignite." Uh, it's the igniter to momentum. Commitment is the igniter to momentum. And so, but commitment, that's a, that's a dig your heels in kind of daily decision. And that can get really, really challenging to decide. So what would you say to somebody in that first leg of effort when it's just, you know, is it remembering your values? Is it a combination of all? <laughs> I actually have them take a step back and understand energy. You see, behaviors are energy, money's energy, time's energy, and energy has three characteristics. It aggregates on itself, uh, which is why it becomes exponential, which is the second one, exponential, and why it accelerates. Here's the thing about behavior. And the more challenged we feel or separated we feel, uh, the more that we expect results from our behavior that we can be aware of. So behavior is an energy. What happens when we have behavior, good or bad, is if we have good behavior, especially if we are in a desperate situation or a challenge situation, we expect instant results. So we become impatient. Now, human nature, which never changes, by the way, it has only so much capability. And one of the capabilities it does not have is to be aware of outcomes. And there's only one instant outcome to good behavior. It's good progress, but you can't see it. Now, it works inversely to bad behavior. So what happens is when we get challenging, we start with good behavior, we don't see or be aware of the results, even though they are there, they're aggregating, they're creating exponentiality of outcomes and they're accelerating, but we can't be aware of it. So we have to have faith that we're being protected and promoted, faith that there's more than enough of everything for everyone, but most people don't. So what happens is they immediately go to bad behavior where they don't expect any results, but yet bad behavior has an instant result, which is called bad progress. And it too aggregates compounds exponentially and accelerates. And so we're wondering why we're exactly where we don't want to be, where we're why other, where other people think we should be, or why we're not where we want to be. Because we're putting our attention and in our attention from that bag of beliefs of what we think, say, do, and believe into the trajectory where we don't want to be. And we're aggregating bad behavior. So what I suggest people to do is to study math, understand and you could use, you know, the best example that I use with behavior in the unit uh, example is if, for example, I'll use a penny as a unit. If I go to a children's literacy and I speak on financial literacy for children and I ask all the kids, hey, who here rather me give them a million dollars today or a penny every day and double it for a month? Every single kid, can I have the million dollars today? None of them. 
want the penny that doubles every day for 30 days, even though it would equal 5.3 million and more. That's behavior. Human nature tells us, take the million today. I'm telling you to take the penny and double it every day with your behavior as a unit. And I promise you, you will have the exponentiality. The person who took the million dollars today will end up losing it within a matter of time. The person who takes the penny and double it gets a 5.3 million. The next day, they got 10.6 million. Imagine if that was behavior, time, energy in the aggregate of where you want to be or better. I promise you to create those units and to understand progress is essential to getting the aggregate compounding exponentiality and acceleration you want in your life. Wow. And that you literally answered multiple. My last question that I always ask everybody is how do you cultivate happiness in your life? You just answered it. And for the rest of you that you have to get the book because he answers the rest of my question in this book with no, no obscurity and no, it's super comprehensive. But so I'll ask you the last question that I always ask all of my guests that's, that's not answered in the book is if you had all of your work, everything you've ever written, everything you've ever, you have to leave earth. You have to go somewhere else, but you're leaving one truth with the whole world. Your truth, Dave Meltzer, something that he would sign his life to. What would you say that is? Be kind. Mm. Simple. And I'd like to offer everyone in your community, I will, if you email me, david at dmeltzer.com and hopefully put that in the notes, I will sign a book, send it to everyone, pay for the book and shipping. Uh, for your community. If you just email me, you'd like that book. Uh, there are a lot of great ideas that can plant seeds for everyone out there. Seeds under trees I may never sit under, uh, but it's aligned with my mission to empower others, to empower others to be happy. Be kind to your future self, do good deeds. And I am here to be of service and of value. Carol, we'll do more together. I'll have you on Absolutely. some of my shows. Thank you for adhering to the short time frame, so I can be accessible to so many. Absolutely. And uh, happiness is a habit. It's one that everyone should have. I appreciate everything that you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for the kind offer to the audience. I look forward to staying in your ecosystem and everything ahead. Welcome to my neighborhood. Take care. Now we want to hear from you. What stirred you, helped you, or lit you up with new inspiration? Drop me a line at carapayton.com and let me know. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. This might just be the thing they needed to hear. And thank you for joining me for another episode of the Happiness Habit Podcast. Until next time, keep moving. Your life starts when you allow your authentic self to shine through and the world needs that light in it.